can go. Hello, my name is Rick Morn. I'm the publisher of White Cap Publications, and I'm interviewing today author Tanya Torres for her book. She's got um, A Silent Discovery published by us, and she has Heart of the Machine published by us. Those are two fantastic books. And anyway, she's going to be coming out with a book called The Soul Keeper's Assistance, which is really great. So I'm here not to, to interview on the book topics, but to interview some basic questions for writers, right? So how are you doing, by the way? I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh, good. I'm fine. I'm raring to go. All right. What are the primary emotional challenges that offers often face during their writing journey? I think self-doubt and anxiety are like the two primary ones. I think that like yeah. all things boil down to the anxiety, whether it's good enough, if it's going to be accepted, if they can do it. I think just anxiety is like I the main feeling. That's really true, actually. It is. But um, yeah. How to overcome that anxiety is a different question, right? But how do authors navigate the balance between creative freedom and the expectations of the readers or, or the market? So I think you need to you need to read a lot to kind of know what is out there and what right. people are looking for. And then when you read a lot, you can also see what is missing. Because I think oh. that we think that because there are so many books that everything is covered, but no one can do it. Like you can, you know, like everyone can right. write their own version, their own retelling of something, and it'll be completely different than the than the last person. Really will, actually. Yeah, you're really right, right? Uh, say, how do authors manage the potential isolation and solitude that comes with the writing process? That's really a big one with me, right? So, have at it. I think for me, I'm naturally kind of like a loner, like there's always people that like I know that I'm friendly with that I'm familiar with when I go out, but I'm kind of naturally like in my own world and kind of always <laughs> wanting to either read or write and kind of just like be doing my own thing. Be very daydreamy, I guess. <laughs> you live in your head. Yeah, I think that if you're a very like extroverted person, it could probably be really frustrating because you have this need to create, but then you also have this need to socialize and be around people. Maybe that like helps you be more creative. Yeah, somehow I've never thought of extroverted people as having a problem with that. But you're right. If a person's naturally extroverted and they're called to write, it's kind of a tussle between the two, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What are some of the um, difficulties authors encounter when trying to find a literary agent or publisher for their work? Rejection. Lots and lots of rejection. <laughs> <laughs> or just... People will give you like a basic rejection and just, you know, you know that they that's just like their auto reply every yep. now and then you'll get, maybe someone will give you a tiny little like glimmer of like help. But a lot of times it's just rejection, just straight out rejection. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. Now, how do authors handle negative reviews and criticism of their writing, both emotionally and professionally? Because I know that first time authors watch those reviews like crazy. But sometimes they've got people that automatically reject them or someone has a notice on them and they say rejected. That was terrible writing. They don't even read the books. But so how do they um, how do the authors handle negative reviews? The real For me, I just don't I try not to read them. I don't look at them. Um, sometimes in Facebook groups, people will be very like unkind and rude about however you're advertising your book or like something personal about yourself. And I just try not to look at it 
and I never engage. I see other authors will sometimes engage nope. with these people. And very few times, sometimes I'll see like people will tag like the author in negative reviews right. on Instagram. And I'm like, that is just so rude. I would just, I just ignore it. I just would not respond to it in, in, in any way. <laughs> that sounds like good advice, actually. It really does because it's emotional when you read those reviews, when you're looking for reinforcement. It really is emotional for most authors. But that's good advice not to read the reviews. <laughs> so, or right. read the reviews of like some of the most popular books, like the most famous books, because they will have bad reviews. And so it kind of goes to show that like not everyone's going to like everything. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, <laughs> actually. All right. What challenges arise when transitioning from the drafting and creative phase to the editing and revising phase? That's a important one for me, right? I think that it's kind of like irony now what the story is supposed to be you know you kind of yeah. are combing through this mess and you're trying to get to the core of the story because you know there'll be just so much extra usually or it'll be really sparse and you know you need to put in more but oh. looking at the core of the story what is the theme of the story yep that's uh yeah all right how do authors deal with the pressure to consistently produce new and original ideas in a competitive literary landscape because there is pressure and hordes of authors trying to get published and hordes of people that self-publish, right? So how do authors deal with the pressure to consistently produce new and original ideas? I think I just kind of like have thrown away the idea of being the most original author, <laughs> the most original person, because if you think about almost every, almost every book, every story is almost like a fan fiction of like very, yep like the beginning of, you know, like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all these like big oh, I never times. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people like those things. And so it becomes, you know, maybe they won't be similar in any way, right. to, like, you know, to like a reader, but and like that person probably was inspired by something else that they watched, something else yep. that they saw. And so I just throw away the idea of being the most original and think about what people want to feel when they read a story and what people need to see. That's great advice, Tanya. It really is great advice. All right. What financial challenges can authors face, uh, especially if they're not yet established or they're trying to write full time? I think that's a mistake to try and write full time unless you've got some reimbursement coming in. But what do you think? Well, I have to I work a lot. You know, I pay all my own bills. I'm like, you know, I have a lot of responsibilities. And so I try to just be strict with myself, like, even though I'm like, OK, I have to work. I need to clean my house. You know, I have to do errands and stuff like everyone else. But I try to always set time aside to write something or edit right. something or create some kind of content for like my social media account. Right. That's a great idea, actually. Uh, in that vein, how do authors manage their time effectively, considering the, the demands of writing, promotion, and potential day jobs? How do you fit all that in? Cleaning the house and everything like that? I feel like sometimes I just don't like, <laughs> like I'll be like, I have to forego certain things to get other things done. It's kind of like what's most important at the time. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't want to live in squalor, but also at the same time, I'm like, does it need to be perfect? It can just be picked up and then I can work on these other projects. Right. Right. So I, right. Of, um, I think that a lot of people are just not good at having a routine. I feel like I'm pretty good at having a regimented routine, but I just think if you don't have a routine, you're not going to get anything done. You're screwed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the hurdles associated with uh, promoting and marketing one's work, particularly for authors who might be introverted or shy? 
that's a complaint I get a lot of authors. They're too introverted or shy to do any interviews, promote their own work. What do you think? So I, I would say I'm not really shy as much as like I'm introverted. So sometimes like going out and doing things in person, I'll enjoy it, but it can be very draining. But I find that sometimes like with my books, I enjoy promoting them online because there's kind of like this filter between me yep. and the actual people yep. and I can make content and post it and right. people will react to it several days later and not just in that moment. And so I'll kind of have fun making content because I'm like a creative artistic person and I get to showcase kind of like my creativity in a different way. But I could see that being really difficult if people have a hard time speaking, yeah. have like a hard time, like maybe like, you know, not not shaking. Like I know that people get anxiety and you get all these tells and then you can see that the person is anxious. And so right. I think when I make like a reel or something on Instagram, it's like I'm making it by myself and I know others will see it. But because I'm, you know, I'm just in my house or in my yard making it, I'm not really scared because no one's there watching it in the in real time anyway. Yeah, that's an interesting distinction between a person that's shy because in the old days, they used to have to go speak face to face, have book promotions face to face, travel all around the country. But nowadays, you really can do it from your home on the Internet. That's really interesting. Huh. All right. How do authors handle the potential conflicts between their artistic version or vision and external input, such as editor or public suggestions, publisher suggestions? I think it's always good to take suggestions because, you know, other people are seeing it different. Like, you know what right. you're trying to say in your story. Right. And maybe the editor or publisher will be like, I know that you're trying to convey this, but it's not coming through completely. And I think that that could be like a good thing to take in. But I think that you also right. need to stand strong in like what your story is and not compromise too much. Like be compromising, but don't completely change your story so right. that someone else will like it. I think that it should still be, you know, from your heart, your story. Right. I'm a big believer in letting authors um, have their vision, their artistic vision, and giving comments along the way. But I think that the author, you're right, the author has to realize their own artistic vision, because otherwise, it's like having a third party tell you what to do. And that's always bad for creative folk, right? I mean, mm -hmm. better to get a well done, good, bad book out because the author feels like he just got to get this work out of his system and you can try and correct it and so forth, but there's a limit to self, I mean, to correction, right? So the author has to express himself, right? Bad books do really well sometimes. Like I think that yep. Dune, a lot of people find it really dry. And I do weird. too. I do too. <laughs> it's like but the, the Moby Dick like of science fiction. <laughs> really, it's just like the Moby Dick of science fiction. Do you remember Mo Moby Dick uh, had endless descriptions of whaling boats and everything like that? And oh, my God. That book God. was so boring for me to read. And I, could, but I, knew, I knew some guys that really, like, they were fishing at the time, and so they loved it. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, I can see how this appeals to certain people. And, like, the writing of Dune was, like, really boring and weird, and, like, that didn't really make a lot of sense, but yep. the concept was so cool. And I yep. think that that's what drew me in. So sometimes I feel like bad books become, like, weird cult classic so it's like right. just because it's a bad book doesn't mean it'll, that's the way i feel about dune too, right? <laughs> because dune was horribly boring but it was kind of interesting you know the concepts were interesting but the execution was um 
fundamentally flawed, I think. Yeah, like it was very it flawed, was. but there was something charming about it that kept me nope. intrigued <laughs> by it, I guess. <laughs> All right. What challenges uh, can emerge when authors um, attempt to balance their writing career with personal relationships and family commitments? Do you know what I mean? They always seem to intrude on your time. But how do you handle that? I think it can be really frustrating if like the group of people in your life, like your friends and family, aren't book people like at all. Like not just your book, but any book, because I think it'll be really hard to try to describe to these people like yep. I need to work on the story or I I don't know how to tell people like I need to sit and do nothing and space out so that I can like get through this plot hole. And people will be like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think that's so true. It is. It's honestly true. I have friends like that too, that don't relate to books and don't understand my need to sequester myself and create things or the publish in the publishing world, you've got to pay attention to your authors. So they've got first dibs on your time, right? So it's very difficult to juggle those. It's a good answer though. All right. How do authors cope with the uncertainty of success in the field where achieving recognition and financial stability can be unpredictable. I think I just write because I like it. And if yep. other people like it, that's just like a bonus to me. Like the fact that I did get any books picked up, I would have kept writing anyway, just for the love of writing. So kind of like the ability to share with other people and that it is well-received is just kind of like a bonus. So I think if you go into it, like I just want to make a whole bunch of money. I just want to be like JK Rowling you're not going to do very good just because not only is that like just like so shallow and it kind of tells I feel like readers can tell that it's like you're in it for the money you're not even trying to create something meaningful it's just it's like same thing with movies you can tell that it was just made to make money <laughs> not to generate any sort of feeling within yeah. you so I think if you just like it that other people will like it more because it's your passion you can read a book and see that someone was very passionate about it that's a great attitude Tonya I think if more authors had that attitude, they'd have a lot less worries, a lot less uh, concerns for writing because they always look at the end project and they neglect their writing, right? They don't concentrate on the writing. They're always seeing the, can I make money at this? Will it be successful? And I think that it's better to concentrate on your writing with your attitude that's just great. And if success comes, it comes, right? Right. And it's like, you know, don't try to change the world. Think of the one person that this story could really affect. Like your story might not be liked by anyone, but there is that one person out there that's like, <laughs> I want this story. And you need to write it with the attitude that that person's going to really enjoy it. And it's going to change their <laughs> life. And it's gonna be really awesome for that one person. I think that when you try to change the world, that's where creative block comes from. That's like where like too much anxiety to even sit at the computer comes from. Yep. Just keep that, that one person in mind. Like one person enjoys it. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> fabulous attitude, Tonya. And it explains your success with your writing, right? So anyway, that's it for today. But you've got to um, try and read Tonya's A Silent Discovery because it's really fabulous. It is. It is. I wouldn't kid you about this. And The Heart of the Machine is also a great book, right? And it's entirely different from A Silent Discovery. And your third book, A Soul Keeper's Assistant, soon to be out in October, right, is really different from the first two. I don't see how you create things like that, but keep at it, right? 
So I think I just really wanted to show that I could write something in every genre. And <laughs> I didn't know if it would be successful. I didn't know if I would be any good at, yep. you know, sci-fi versus fantasy versus psychological thriller. But I just wanted to see, I think I, because I love all those genres. So I wanted to see what can I create and put into the world that's of the same, you know, of the same thread. Well, you're very successful at it, believe me. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> all right. That's it for today. Uh, but can I interview you next weekend? Sounds great. All right. I'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye.